Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 609, Scurry Funge Songs. We're going to talk about some jokes in your classroom. We are going to mention the word scurry funge. We're going to talk about some really good resources for your classroom this, well, soon to be New Year. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, and pre-birthday boy, Mr. Oh. Sean McGurr. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I am well. I won't say exactly what day your birthday is, just that it's coming up, because I don't, I don't want to impact the uh, the uh, security online for you here. We'll make. Oh, I thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? Guess oh. what day it is. I'll, I'll I'll tell everybody what day it is. It's it's September thirty first. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's what I tell everybody. It's September thirty first. Thirty first, and watch yeah. people go. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and yet somehow they never get to celebrate that one. I'm guessing. Uh, you know what? Um, they always a always forget, and b it's usually you know you're into uh, you're into uh, the school year and they're like oh yeah okay well we missed that we'll get it next year. And you don't have to worry about it because, you know, September 31st. So. Got to yeah. do the little knuckle thing. Do you do the little knuckle thing? No, I just remember the song. Okay. I do the knuckle thing. So if you do the knuckle, you know what the knuckle thing is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll tell everybody what the knuckle thing is. If you start in January. Which knuckle you do you start on? So you go January. February, do the, the valley between the knuckles. And then March is a knuckle, okay. the top of the knuckle. Yeah. Right. And the tops of the knuckles are 31 days. And the valleys are not 31 days. Correct. Yep. And then when you get to the end knuckle, because that's July, August. So you do that one, you start again, you, start, you tap that one twice and then come back. So, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, there's All that. Right. There's that. There is, um, you know, uh, how many people does it take to change a light bulb? This is just one of the many questions I should have asked before buying a lighthouse. Um, there's just so many answers to this. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, what do you call it when you misspell things because you're overexcited? I don't know. Those are hypos. Oh, I got you. I got you. Uh, I was walking home late last night. I passed a hot fudge sundae, lemon cheesecake, and a slice of apple pie. You did. I thought to myself, these strange these streets are strangely deserted tonight. Oh, there you go. And and actually, um, since uh, we had a big flood, yeah. there was <laughs> there was actually food that was uh, um, floating around um, the uh, just about everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that one hits a little, 
little uh a little harder than maybe it should so um oh i picked up a new book um it's called 59 ways to remove glue from your hands yeah yeah can't put it down oh <laughs> i got you yeah i see what you yeah. did there yeah. Yeah. explained yeah. some of the editing on the podcast last week too <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh you know i really love some of my furniture oh yeah me and my recliner go way back Ooh. Mm -hmm. oh did you hear they've crossed a homing pigeon with a woodpecker they did yeah it not only delivers the message it also knocks on the door ah uh, i got gotcha. you um and of course uh What's the best unusual Christmas present to receive? Best unusual Christmas present to receive? Uh, you know, I, 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 I have no idea. Uh, a broken drum. Yeah? Yeah, you can't beat that. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I will make sure that uh, I'm going to share this with everyone. Poop jokes aren't my favorite kind of jokes but they're a solid number two. Indeed. We also have a visual joke for you over at middleschoolmatters.com. So you can head over there and, uh, and uh, you can share this one with, uh, with the kids as well. They may find this one. Like, ah, and, uh, but I like it. So I've seen several variations of this one, but I thought I would pick this one to share with mm -hmm. you. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of sharing with you and picking things to share with you, the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski has picked some things to share with us as well. Um, and this is, um, you know, a couple more. This is two more of the um, best science books of 2023. So here... Without further ado, is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. In our last podcast, we looked at two of the 10 best science books of 2023. In today's podcast, we'll look at two more of the best science books of 2023, provided by the December 7th, 2023 issue of Smithsonian Magazine in an article written by Bridget Alex, Riley Black, Dan Falk, Sheehan Kim, Carolyn Cranking, and Joe Spring. The first book is entitled Crossings, How Road Ecology is Shaping the Future of Our Planet by Ben Goldfarb. And from the start of Ben Goldfarb's fascinating book on road ecology, Crossings, the reader is peppered with jaw-dropping facts. Some 40 million miles of roadways encircle the earth, while a half century ago, 3% of land-dwelling mammals died on the road. In 2017, that percentage had quadrupled. In 1995, researchers estimated that in the United States, 
deer factor into more than a million vehicle crashes annually, injure 29,000 drivers and passengers, and kill more than 200. And the book is engrossing for other reasons. In it, Goldfarb chronicles roads from California to Canada to Tasmania to show how they have impacted the natural world, and that includes us. He explores how roads have affected everything, from butterflies to mountain lions to frogs. His journey is not just a recounting of dismal experiences. He looks to those places where engineers have built overpasses and underpasses, and animals and humans have benefited as a result. Some of those creations are expensive, but animal crashes cost the United States more than $8 billion a year, so fixes are in order. The Nugget Canyon underpasses built in Wyoming, for example, prevented 95 crashes with animals annually, and so paid for themselves within five years. By citing so many interesting examples of things done right, Goldfarb invites us to contemplate a future of roads that could be much brighter if we would just adopt an ethic, he says, in which roads embrace the land instead of conquer it. The next book is entitled Starborn, How the Stars Made Us and Who We Would Be Without Them by Roberto Trotta. Without the stars, the history of our species would have been very different. That's the central argument in Roberto Trotta's engaging homage to the star-studded night sky, Starborn. The stars are more than just pretty. As Trotta shows, our efforts to understand the movements of the stars and planets and the sun and the moon played a crucial role in the development of navigation and precision timekeeping. In ancient Egypt, for example, the bright star Sirius was worshipped as a deity, and the start of the new year was signaled when Sirius first became visible in the pre-dawn sky. Seafaring Polynesians, meanwhile, traveled from island to island in the Pacific Ocean by memorizing the positions and movements of some 200 stars, aided by their knowledge of ocean currents, fish, birds, and seaweed. Today's most accurate timekeepers are atomic clocks, which count vibrations of a cesium atom. But even those need to be tweaked based on the sun and stars, because the Earth's spin is gradually slowing. But the night sky is no longer as visible as it once was. The author shows just how much we're losing as light pollution, first from cities and industrialization, and now from so-called constellation satellites, like those launched by SpaceX, obliterate all but the very brightest stars and planets for millions of Earthlings. Though Trotta is a theoretical physicist, this is nothing like a textbook. Rather, the author uses his own insightful observations and personal anecdotes to pay tribute to our evolving relationship with the universe. Perhaps above all, the book is a reminder to look up and not to take that vista for granted. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. So we are getting, it is almost 2024, which yeah. in many ways seems kind of hard, but um, but it is uh, almost 2024. We've got, um, we both have a break coming up. we got like a week off. It's kind of a short kind of thing. 
You get a week off? How long do we get? I get 10 days off. Uh, let me look at the camera. You get a week? I'm not, I'm not, good. I'm start, I'm not good at this thing. <laughs> I'm starting I'm to not, feel a whole lot better about you having Friday off if you only get a week off. We go back on the second. Oh, my goodness. You really do? So we get five, six. Yeah, so we get like seven days off. I don't go back to the eighth. Oh, my word. Yes. You can have Friday. You can have Friday. It's all yours. I'll take the schedule. Yeah. I'll take the schedule for a hundred, Alex. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, um, we're, uh, back on the eighth. I thought this was kind of, well, first of all, it's rare that we go right up to Christmas like this. Yeah. But then we usually get time after New Year's, but it never, if we gone like seven days after New Year's. That is pretty Lord unusual. Usually, 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 it seems like we'd go back the third or something, but go back to go back pretty pretty quickly here. So yeah, like the second. So I'm okay with that. But uh, so, you, what kind of plans do you have for for the break? We talked well, a little bit about this. Yeah, I'm gonna. Um... I'm going to do uh do some podcasting maybe, with uh, yeah, with with Troy and then uh, there's some things I want to build in Moodle, to put on MoodleNet just to see if I would love to see if people find them useful. But there's no feedback on Moodle to tell you if people find them useful or not. You just, you, you put them out there and it's like, don't know if anybody's using it or not. I don't know if there's something I need to make better. Uh, I don't know if there's something that I can, you know, improve on the next one that I do. So there's right. the, there's that, that lack of it. I also want to play a little bit more with H5P largely because uh, there's some new uh, libraries out there, not libraries. Uh, yeah. Content yeah, builders. Content libraries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I want to play with those a little bit. The, the uh, game map one sounds intriguing. I want to play with that. And then, um, I also, I mean, I've, I've let the house go and I need to really work on the house and work on where I live. Cause with all the, I did, uh, we're doing Michigan history day. I did Michigan youth and government and I've done a number of other things at school, which just haven't had me at home. So I just mm -hmm. need to spend time here around the house doing some things. So it's going to be a, this is not going to be one of those things where I've got a week after New Year's and I could like go somewhere. I don't want right. to go somewhere in January and, um, <laughs> Yeah, I got things I got to do around here. So, yeah, the MoodleNet thing is—I think that is something that I haven't seen much development on MoodleNet, like much changes or improvements or um, any of that. And I really would would like to, and I, I agree, it would be nice to see, um, to get to be able to get some feedback um, on that. So. Um, so, uh, Martin, if you're listening now that you're moving mm -hmm. into, uh, no longer the CEO and more into research and that, although I think he's also picked up on the shiny bauble of, uh, AI, mm -hmm. uh, but Martin, if you're listening, um, let's continue Moodle that a little bit, make, uh, make it a high quality place, give people incentive to, um, 
include things and feedback to um, to improve it or let people know that hey this is a this is a good thing because you can't really make comments on things either right right no it's, it's just either a, a little heart or and a bookmark and that's it it's very very simple and there's there's no way for you to tell if you've put out stuff that people uh, appreciate right right because you can bookmark things um and you can heart things but you can't say this is really great i used it for this um or um i took this because it's all oer um i took this and did this other thing with it um or i changed it this way or something which would be kind of cool so yeah um and i would strongly suggest that you follow uh um sean mcgurr on uh, MoodleNet as well so yeah one of the things i want to do is little snippets not whole courses little right. segments of courses that mm -hmm. might be easier for people to say oh, i could i could plug this into something i already have yeah so that's I should explain that sooner. I, I apologize. No, no. And I think that's one of the things that I was looking at. And it's one of the things I think MoodleNet should be is the ability to um, put those pieces in there, those different distinct activities. Um, that's kind of what I've done. I haven't really done whole courses. I've done, um, I have done just individual things. Yeah. Right. And most Moodles won't let you import a whole big giant course, especially the size of the courses that I have. I was going to say, courses can get quite large. So um, um, breaking it into pieces is something that um, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally I've had to say, uh, Sean, can you uh, send me half of this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As that's I, too big. As I steal things from Sean on a regular basis. Um, and the, the game map one is one that I think is interesting. I haven't used it yet. Haven't had need to use that yet, but working, um, but I, but I do, I just haven't seen, like, I just don't have a use for it. So, um, but H5P is one of those things that I definitely see, um, useful, um, and then H5P also has an has OER sites built into it. But H5P OER works slightly different than I thought it was going to. I thought that it was going to be like there was a site that you could go to and search through. Right. Not really the way it works. What, what you need to do is you need to go into H5P and then you can kind of search the OER site. Have you if found you a lot of good content there, though? I have found some good, I have found a few good things, yes, but I haven't found tons and tons of things, but I haven't really looked a lot either, so, um, mm. you know, I'm in a little different position, so. That's true, that's true. I, uh, um, but yeah, it works a little differently, and um, I did find some good stuff, but it it's just a whole different mindset of how you get to that stuff, so, right there. Um, 
I do have some books to read. Oh, what's reading? Stacks. I have a couple of stacks next to me, and I just got a just got a couple more. Um, I got the Lincoln Highway um, by Amor Tolas. Um, I have Hidden Potential by Adam Grant, and O William by Elizabeth Strout. Okay. Um, I have a bunch of short stories um, from Maine, local author. I have Ready, Set, Fail by um, by Carl Hooker. Um, and then I've got some older older books as, as well. Um, I didn't read the Hillary Clinton Rodham book, um, um, What Happened, but um, I have that. Um, I have some Irish short stories to read. Oh, um, look at you. Uh, there's there's a whole bunch there's 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 a there's a couple stacks <laughs> there to read so and i just finished a book so i'm ready to i have i'm at that point where i have to select the next one or two just mm -hmm. for reading so yeah um and then i am going to try to do a little bit of moodle work as well um and then uh, I will also be doing moving day with uh, with one of my kids. So I'll be doing that. And, um, you know, just the way it is. Our school did not get canceled. This past week we had big flooding. Um, our, our, um, uh, my city, I live in Gardner. Gardner got partly flooded out. Which is not like totally unusual, but it was like major leak. It was like the third worst flooding. Um, there are our grocery stores currently closed because mm -hmm. uh, water went into the grocery store. Um, and there's several other uh, places that were flooded out. Um, there is a little bit of a floodplain. There's like a big parking lot that's kind of like the floodplain, but that flooded out and more so hmm. and uh, then Hollowell is very close by and they also flooded out and several businesses posted pictures of like their basements with uh, a good four feet of water in the basement um, at least so you know that was kind of tough so so well we, I mean we always support local um, places, but we're going to probably do a little extra local supporting um, as well because it can be tough for businesses. Um, we also, now both of us are going to be probably doing a little bit of work in Moodle over the next week or so, two weeks in somebody's case. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of the pre-show is we talked a little bit about um, about using Moodle and what some other people use it. Because um, I still talk to people and people are like, I used it in 2003. It's like, okay. <laughs> and it usually starts with, don't bring up Moodle. I used it in 2003. It's like, okay, that's great. Um, but it's interesting how that perception is that that 
you know, the, the first impression kind of thing has stuck mm -hmm. around for a lot of people. But I also think there's another thing going on, and that is what else are you looking at? Um, so what kind of comparison are you making? And I think like for a lot of the teachers that I work with, they're comparing Moodle to GimKit, right? That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Why, why, why do you say that? Well, I, I, I see I'm, I'm trying to draw a connection, a line, straight line from Moodle over to GimKit. And I just don't see the, I mean, I just, I, I can draw one line, right? <laughs> one line. But it should be a web, right? It should be like this. Um, I should be able to draw something from, you know, multiple lines crossing over saying, well, this lines up with this and this lines up with this and this lines up with that. And I can mm -hmm. see that. I can see why, but I've only drawn one line over. Right. And I'm just not, I'm struggling. I, maybe it's, and it's probably just me. I just, mm -hmm. So it, here, here's the thing is what does, what does your pedagogy look like? What does, what are your expectations? And I think a lot of teachers look at Moodle and all these other things as something for the kids to do. So you got GimKit, you got quizzes. There's a lot of multiple choice selector kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. Quizzes, yeah. Nearpod, um, uh, Pear Deck. Um, there's tons of them. And there's a lot of teachers that use those. And I think that is the mental construct. Is That's as far as the mental construct goes is, you know, what can the kids do, quote unquote. And that's usually answering questions or multiple choice questions. And so that's what I think when they, when they, oh, Ed Puzzle is another big one. They use yeah. Ed Puzzle. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> okay, so we're paying for Ed Puzzle, but you could do that for free. Um, and that's about it. That's one of the more interactive kind of things that they see and GimKit is great. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's not all that expensive, but, um, but the kids get tired of it real quick too. Yeah. And it's, and, um, and it can be a very passive kind of thing, right? The kids are answering and they kind of like it at first, but, it's another one of those things that it's, um, you don't, uh, I, I like it when the kids are doing the work. And that's one thing I like about Moodle. Now, Moodle can be a lot of teacher work as well. And Moodle can be, can take up a lot of time. And it can also be much more student focused and having students create things as well. And it's up to just kind of up to you, the teacher. Mm -hmm. So, so there's, there's some differences there and I understand, you know, teachers don't want to spend tons and tons of time creating things. Totally get that. Um, but it's also, there's the short term and long term, right? Um, because I also, short term, you know, Edpuzzle has 
lot that has is you know easy to create blah 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 but so we 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 subscribed to this for a few years now teachers have all kinds of stuff built into it and right. then if ed puzzle goes you know what we're really going to jack up our costs and the district says well we got to cut something so we're going to cut that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're out <laughs> all that work that you did is like you know pretty much gone um and that again comes back to something that somebody spit back to me that I said at one time. And that is you're either investing in yourself or you're investing in someone else. And that's a, a case of investing in someone else. And sometimes it makes sense to invest in someone else, but know that you're doing that. So, um, so yeah. Um, and with with Moodle, you know, it's open source. We got it. Um, just a little bit of server space, so we can keep doing it. But, um, you know, and that's why I wish that MoodleNet was a little more robust. Because if you could go and grab those, um, as you said, pieces and baubles and pop them in to your course and put things together, that would be really cool. So... Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So, so Sean, all you have to do is become the world's leading contributor to MoodleNet with high quality material for every possible um, curriculum and uh, curriculum objective, and we'll all be good. See, I thought you were going to ask me something hard. <laughs> right. No, no, I don't want to. I, I know your limitations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that'll, that'll carry me through in my old age, too. Um, yeah, no, I see that's the feedback part would be so important because then I can right. figure out, you know, okay, so I screwed up here. I need to really do this better and then go do it better in my other ones, too, but. Maybe that's also the thing, you know, people that, that do go to MoodleNet, they find things and they're like, yeah, that's nice. Thank you. But I want to do it my way. I want to, I'm going to change it, tweak it anyway. Well, okay. All right. You know, no right. harm to fall. But, it, but, but again, if you could get that feedback, that would be. Yeah. And most aren't going to do that. Most aren't going really to tweak else. and do their own. They, they want it set and done already for them. Right. Yeah. So. And and again, if we could get, I think if people could see value in that, and it's you know it's kind of chicken and egg kind of thing, and then if they would contribute just a little piece, and you know it's you know like the old, um, and you tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and they yeah. tell two friends, mm -hmm. then um, it would just become a really strong thing. I just don't know how you get that going, and apparently Martin doesn't either. <laughs> Well, I noticed that the vast majority of the rest of the world uses Moodle. It's the United States that right. is where it's like nil, not many right. using it, or not definitely not using it in K twelve very much. I mean, there are there are ones that use it. It's definitely being used in upper uh, education uh, a mm -hmm. lot because mm -hmm. Blackboard is just so expensive. Um, how do we then get? And I think a lot of it has to do with Mindshare. Right, because right. how many years did people, you know, oh, it's a Mac. I'm not going to use that. It's just, I don't, 
It's, what's wrong with it? Nothing. I just, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I'm going to use this. And it was just mind share. That's all it was, is getting people to stop and go, you know, your life could be better if. <laughs> but they've had one bad experience and that has formulated there. And it's the same thing. We saw the same thing with Chinese food. Do you remember? Right. We'd walk into, we'd walk into a, a place in China and there'd be people who have already made up their mind that, that they're not eating whatever's put in front of them. Everybody else is eating it and enjoying it. But in their mind, they've told themselves, I can't, I'm not going to, it's not going to happen. Perfectly yeah. good food. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just all a matter of, it's, it's, it's the brain. It's not, I'll, I'll walk in with a bag of Lay's potato chips, right? But it says something different on the label, which means they see the potato chip, they smell the potato chip, but they're not going to taste potato chip, even though it's a potato chip and they've had potato chips, <laughs> right? And so it's, it, I'll do that with the sixth graders. There's an English teacher downstairs that lets me invade her classroom every now and then. And uh, I'll bring in some of that Asian food and the, the kids were like, yeah, yeah. And they'll try it. And then they're like, well, this isn't as bad as I thought, right? And so it's, it's changing that whole mindset. And I think that's part of it too, is they had one bad experience, therefore it's written off forever, which that's really, really hard to overcome. Right. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. And now I want potato chips. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. Uh, one more service I provide on the show. <laughs> the other thing that I want is I want to know what's going on on the social webs. Hmm. That's good because uh, Jonathan Spike, Jonathan Spike has information. Now, it's not necessarily information about the social web, but Jonathan Spike at Jonathan Spike um, has posted some very funny um, ISTE rejection notices he's taken you know people have been doing the badges where i got accepted at isti right <laughs> <laughs> he's decided to have some fun with it and this is i put one in the show notes but he's got several <laughs> super disappointed that my hashtag isti live session clippy has gone rogue what to do when a microsoft's ai starts checking or sorry critiquing your bank account that was not accepted <laughs> at hashtag isti 24 and so he's got a little badge and it says rejected, rejected on it. Yeah. And it's hilarious. He's got all these, you know, silly um, proposals that, you know, nobody would. It's just, you can tell he's just having fun with it. So, um, right. yeah, go check him out. <laughs> he's having a ton of fun with it online. Does he have um, a website of these? Because this should be on a website. It should be. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, but um, he's been tweeting them. That's where I found them. Or Xing them? I don't know what's the what's the uh, phrase nowadays. But he's been yeah. social webbing them. I guess I don't know what to say. Um, while you're looking, Richard Byrne at RM Byrne. If you like the Peanuts comics, you want to take a look at these lesson plans, and I put a link in the show. And it's a lot of STEM stuff, but um, it connects Peanuts comics to some classroom lesson stuff. And I remember teachers using comics to use like a hook to get into their lesson on a day. I had, I had, I had Dr. Chadar when I was on the block, we had, so when I student taught, you had a block of classes for two weeks or three weeks. You went to school for eight hours a day, solid all day long. And in that process, you knocked out nine hours of, um, coursework, semester coursework. 
and you took a test at the end anywhere, you know, that's, that was your, that you completed that for the semester. And Dr. Chudar taught one of the classes and he came in in the first five minutes of every one of his classes, he would just stand there at the overhead and he'd put a comic on there and he'd wait and he'd watch us. And then he put another comic on. He didn't say anything. Didn't talk about it. Didn't make connection. All he did was just because somebody told him you should put comics up before your lessons <laughs> to get the kids interested. Okay. So that's what Dr. I did. Yeah. He, he ticked that box. Right. So I know all of us love Dr. Chidar. Don't get it. Don't get it wrong. All right. Um, but that's just, that was him. That was his style. Um, I wonder how Richard Byrne is doing. He has entered law school working on. He has. Yeah. And still posting. And I find that uh, good. I, yeah. I'm glad he's doing that. Yeah. Keep his connection to education. Um, anyways, uh, there's a bunch there. Uh, take a look at it, and I think you'll find them useful. Something else that's useful is Susie Dent at Susie underscore Dent. Uh, word of the day, because it's getting closer, is scurry funge from the U.S. dialect to frenziedly tidy up the house just before the guests descend. So there you go. And that's what I'm going to try and do is scurry funge my house. That Except, would be my afternoon, by the way. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. So scurry funging we are. Um, there should be a song, right? Um, uh, yeah. You know, scurry funging among the leaves so green. No, I don't know. That's not right. <laughs> um, yeah. Here we go with scurry funging among the leaves. So anyway, uh. um, this is why I don't sing. Uh, tidy up the house just for guest descent. Uh, the good news is I don't have guests descending, but I just, I do need to scrape, but I've got, I've got two weeks to scurry funge my house for no apparent reason. Um, Benjamin Waller at, uh, James Stegall, Stegall at tech hub social, that social. I don't get the connection between James and Ben, but okay. Um, New and unreleased H5P creations by Oliver Tack. Uh, it's a detailed showcase, and he's got a video. And it is, it's, he's doing a, um, a YouTube uh, magazine series or update series on H5P. And in this one, he gets Oliver to talk about some of the things that are uh, released and some of the things that are not yet released for H5P. So he talks about Game Map, and he's also going to talk about some other content that's coming up. And I think that would be kind of exciting to think about how we could use that in our classroom i was blown away this week i think i don't remember if i talked about this but um the kids came up and asked me to put something in h5p for them uh this is the second time they've done it this year the first time was two weeks ago no i had been making these little uh flip cards in h5p for their uh vocabulary and it's the old-fashioned you know flashcard picture and definition on one side and you type in the, the vocab word, flip it to see if you got it right or wrong. Okay. And uh, I could not believe the number of kids that came up to me this year and said, you stopped doing um, study cards. Yes, I did. I were doing this other thing instead. Uh, could, could, could you just go back and do that? Well, um, no, but I'll see what I can do. So I thought it was interesting. They've asked for stuff in H5P and last year at the end of the year, a teacher near the end of the year, the teacher started doing some very intense vocab work. And they went to her and said, could, could you do what Ms. McGurr does and just put that in H5P and we could study like 3 a.m. 
And she did. She came over. She goes, what's H5P? So what's H5P? Yeah, we had a conversation, but. Um, so uh, do so. I, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to have to ask the question. Is right. it So why not have them create those? Why not hmm. say, okay. So one of the girls asked here, and I said, well, here. So I showed her how this to how download do Lumi. Yeah. And I showed her how to download Lumi and I showed her where to do it. And um, it is just one step too far. She doesn't have the stamina, the academic stamina to go that okay. distance. Okay. And it's just, it's just that one step too far. So I did do something because, because it is, it's a lot of work on my part to create those, those little cards when I have other things I need to do that are a higher priority. I mean, I could do right. it. I got a couple right. weeks. But I'd, like you said, I'd rather have her do it. So what I did was I opened up the glossary activity and I showed them how to do it. And I made a little graphic and, you know, click here to do this, click here to do that. Right. And I went through with instructions. And that was a that was entertaining in and of itself because they saw the picture. And then they wanted me to read what I had written to them <laughs> on the picture. At which point I said, well, let's start here and read this out loud to me. And when they did, as soon as they did, they're like, oh, oh. That's what it, yeah, that's what you do. And the aide in my room, uh, sixth hour was starting to you know read to them and because that's what he, that's his job and i pulled him aside and said let's try this seat first and see what happens and when they started reading to him and going oh he was like oh wait a minute they're using me yeah they're using <laughs> us and this it's an old-fashioned illiteracy technique that they're pulling off on us and we're getting suckered right into it i think so i'm, I'm paying more attention to that but um uh, uh, snag it. I use a little snag it tool for pictures and doing the diagrams, illustrations. I should be using Shotter. I'm going to try and do some more with Shotter because I think it's got a few more tools and it has a little more power to it. So that's something I'm probably going to play with over, over break as well. I don't know if you're familiar with Shotter, uh, but S H O T T R is a oh. screen capture tool. It's absolutely free, but you can pay for a, a paid version just to support him. And if you do, you get some Easter eggs and some little bonus features that he doesn't talk about anywhere. And they're kind of cool and not necessary, yeah. but they're, they're, they're cool. And so I've got that. Um, and Downey has also been a lifesaver too. So. Yeah. Um, Downey, Downey does video downloads. Um, I use on a Mac, I use the built-in screenshot capabilities because I can do everything I need to do real quick there. I don't have to use any, uh, I don't, I don't need an uh, external because there was, I don't need an external application. There was one that I used to work, use for a whole long time and suggested to everybody. And then um, they locked me out of my personal. Uh, they said, you're using this for business. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. And yet the one for work, they, they never locked me out of. That's like Digo. I was like, oh, well, but you got this backwards. <laughs> and um, the built-in tools in Mac are pretty doggone good. So I use those. Yeah, I, I started with Snagit. And uh, I also support our local Michigan software companies because um, those guys, those guys do really good work. Yep. And I also want a copy at a conference. And I will say that the winning the copy at a conference got me hooked on it. And the next thing you know, I'm buying the updates and 
Now, I will say this. They milk the updates. They do a new update every year. And so if you want to update, you do have to pay for the the the, the current most current year. But I will also say that I've been using one that's five years old and it works just fine. And I'm not going to update until I really have to. And But when I do, I have no problem paying the 20 bucks, I think it is, for that piece of software. I have no right. problem paying that to, right. to those guys because those guys... And they've done a lot to support education in Michigan in the past by just providing free copies of things and saying, here, you give these away at your conference and give us a give us a little plug. And I really appreciate those guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing some game map stuff. I'm going to try and, and get that put into my own uh, Moodle to uh, test some things because I think that could be a really nice... Uh, feature for like turning my vocab thing into um, you could do this or you could do that. You could do this, or you right. could do that, which also means I got a lot of work to do to make different options available. So right. yeah, but it could be fun. It's one of the strategies for teaching uh, middle schoolers. It is. And one of the other things that I found for teaching middle schoolers um, this week uh, comes from TCEA. One of Sean's favorite uh, I love those people. (laughs) Um, And this is on examples for teaching with fake news and pseudoscience. Um, So they go through and they define fake news. They um, define pseudoscience and how it is that it's designed to fake people out. I love that they do a throwback to the Pacific Northwest tree octopus because that was always one of my favorite things um, in the classroom to teach. Um, And it was hilarious to watch kids go, Mr. Patterson, (laughs) there's an octopus in the tree. (laughs) Yeah. And we would go through and then um, as soon as they found out it was fictitious and they're like, you, and they, they were like, they didn't know what to do. Right. They didn't know if they could blame me because <laughs> I never yeah. told them it was real. And they processed that. I wasn't telling them that it was real. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and they felt like they were being lied to because they yeah. were, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't know what to do with that. And uh, so we had lots of discussions and we had a couple of other ones that we used as well. But it was a really eye opening for a lot of kids at that point. Um, <clears throat> they also include a, a science, a whole middle school uh, lesson plan. Um, which you can look through. It is nine pages uh, uh, with four activities. And some of them are pretty short. They're, it's not like these are all hour-long things. These are like 10 to 20-minute kind of activities that you can use. So um, it's, it's, it's really good stuff. And it's stuff I think we need to be focusing on. Um, And they have, of course, some of the, they have some YouTube videos as well, including something that I know Sean loves to do, um, Mm -hmm. and that is harvest spaghetti. Oh, yeah. Harvesting of the spaghetti. Yeah. Um, 
they have take my the spaghetti sickle. That's right. I, 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 matter of fact, I can totally get into it. I wear my spaghetti strap uh, top, and uh, <laughs> okay, something I play. To, I play a spaghetti western. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um. There was our clean tag. <laughs> no, no, we're still on clean tag. We're okay. <laughs> um, they have the Lake Superior Whales. Oh yes, the Lake Michigan Whale Watch Group. I love those yeah. guys. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Um, and uh, milking almonds. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, you just got to see the <laughs> image there of the little milking yeah. almonds. <laughs> so. <laughs> so fun things to do and important things to do with with uh kids so you can you can definitely check that out um let's see oh, we have also got now that uh the sunny bono exam uh, uh um, extension has run its course Every year we get new things that enter the public domain. So January 1st is public domain day. And this is when um, a lot of things open up and become public domain, which means that you, or even maybe more importantly, your kids can use these things um, and professionals can use them. They are public domain so you can use them in presentations. And of course, the, the highlight uh, this year is the mouse. Mickey Mouse, in the original version, so not all versions, but in the original version, Mickey Mouse becomes public domain. So oh, kids yeah. can use the original Mickey Mouse and mm -hmm. only the original Mickey Mouse because there's been derivations and those will become public domain eventually but um not yet uh but there is a, just a ton of things that are uh becoming uh open source public domain you can use them for what you want some of those things include um aa milne's house at Pooh corner which introduced tigger yeah. So, um, J.M. Barry's Peter Pan, or the boy who wouldn't grow up, um, is also in there. Uh, there's an Agatha Christie book, The Mystery of the Blue, Tra Blue, Blue Train. Um, there's some films that become public domain, including Steamboat Willie. That is the, that's thus the mouse. Um, the, um, uh, let's see. I want to make sure that these are, oh, the old Arizona, which is a hundred percent all talking film featuring singing cowboys. Um, oh. yeah, there's a bunch of musical compositions, including Mac the Knife. Original German lyrics by Bertolt Brecht and music by Kurt Weill um, from the Three Penny Opera. Um, and 
You're my necessity. You're the cream in my coffee. Oh, oh yeah. Brings back oh. old memories, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's also some sound recordings. Those are from 1923. Those have a little longer. Um, it's 1928, by the way, for most things, but sound recordings are 1923. Um, so you could remix those as well. Um, so be aware of that and know that there's some good stuff out there. And we got a bunch of, I know we got a bunch of vampire books from like Pride and Prejudice and Vampires. Um, so I don't know what we're going to get coming with, uh, with these, but it'll be, it'll be fun to see. So, um, you can check that out. We have a link on the website so you can click and go to to search for all of them in the write-ups and there's interesting it's a nice write-up for why public domain is important as well um, and there's also links to previous public domains um, resources as well speaking of resources um, we have a quick little uh, poster from the, um, uh, this is from, oh, I forgot who this is from, um, ATD Education. And they have a whole course on this that you can register and pay for and all that good stuff. And you can get your design certificate. Um, hmm. But they do share the 10 tips to design learner-centered training. Um, and oh, I think nice. this is there is some just some good basics to remember. If you're interested in doing learning center, I don't, I, I have not taken their course, but you certainly can. Um, be aware that they're they're uh, they're available, and I think there's some other things out there as well. Uh, but number they they say number one, don't start at the beginning. <laughs> uh, start with the end in mind. Um, to design your training overview so that it ties directly to success in your learner's current position or future position. Um, design your face-to-face -face course with Bob Pike's 90-28 minute rule in mind. Uh, are you familiar with Bob Pike's 90-28 rule? I, I think this is where the class lasts 90 minutes. There are 20 students and you take eight breaks. That's close. <laughs> Don't make your lessons longer than 90 minutes. Change pace every 20 minutes and involve the student, uh, the learner, every eight minutes. Oh, that's closer than so, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's 10 steps there. Um, you can you can take a look through those. I think it's kind of a good reminder. It's... Um, Part of the universal um, UBD um, understanding by design kind of thing fits in with this as well. So you can check that out. Uh, the National Academies. Are you familiar with the National Academies here, Sean? Um, well, we have National Heritage Academies here in Michigan. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Not quite. This is... Okay. Um, this is uh, the Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. Um, 
And they have a publication called Social Media and Adolescent Health. Okay. Um, and it is social media has been fully integrated into the lives of most adolescents in the U.S., raising concerns among parents, physicians, public health officials, and others about the effect on mental health and then physical health. Over the past year, an ad hoc committee of the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine examined the research and produced this detailed report exploring that effect and laying out recommendations for policymakers, regulators, industries, and others in an effort to maximize the good and minimize the bad. Oh. Um, so this is something that I, I think is, is interesting. It is something that you can read for free or you can buy the book. You can um, pre-order the paperback for 40 bucks um, or you can read it online for free or you can download a free PDF. So if this is something that you're interested in, and I know a lot of schools are now doing some parent work with, um, and doing some work with, uh, you know, counselors and social workers and that are doing work with how do we help kids learn how to do this? And this is, I think, is a great resource to help out with that. And it's free. Mm, best time. Um, mm -hmm. um, oh, here's a fun one. The Web Design Museum. This is just kind of neat. They actually, um, they go through the, oh, wait, I'm going to have myself here. The Web Design Museum is a history timeline. Um, so you can take a look at some of the history timelines from 1990 to present. Um, fun fact, did you know the first search engine came before the first browser? I did not know that. Yeah, I did, but I had forgotten until I started looking at this. Archie was the first search engine, and it came out in September 10th of 1990. And the World Wide Web, the first browser, came out on December 25th of 1990. Hmm. Um, and it was called uh, World Wide Web. It was soon renamed to Nexus to avoid confusion with World Wide Web. That, 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 yeah, that's a good choice. So, um, if you're of a certain age, this is a nice walk down memory lane. Um, if you are of a certain other age, this is a nice history lesson of, uh, where we, where we started and how we got to where we are now. So I thought it was fun. The other thing that I thought was fun was an updated, um, video of the most popular websites from 1995 to 2023. Um, I am going to warn you that at the very end of this, they're going to list a site that they have to include an asterisk for. So okay. be aware, be aware of that. 
But it's interesting that it starts out with AOL on top. Nin November 1995, AOL was the cat's pajamas. Uh, followed by Yahoo and GeoCities. Oh, GeoCities. I remember them. GeoCities. And then Netscape. And uh, AOL sticks around for a long time, by the way. And yeah. Yahoo sticks around for a really, really long time. In fact, Yahoo is um, kind of still more popular than a lot of people realize. There is uh, still some things. They, um, in, in fact, they kind of stay on the chart all the way through. So, um, so I think that's fun. Again, I just want to make sure you know that if you're going to play this for the kids, be aware when you get to the end there, there's a site that they have to use an asterisk in, in it for there. So, so with the, so number one, did you know the last day of this year? is one two three one two three ah that's today no last day 12 yeah, last, day. 12, last day 12 31 30 31 yes. 23 because it's 123 23 today yeah yeah oh you're right it is one two three one two three yeah 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 what are you going to do to mark that day? I'm going to I'm going to start getting out my knuckles and going and knuckle 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 Just uh, you know, just know that this won't happen again for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. How are you going to mark it? Yeah, yeah. You need like special glasses for New Year's or something. Yeah, something. I don't know. Well, and with New Year's, um, a lot of people make res make resolutions, and Larry Ferlazzo, um, you know Larry Ferlazzo, um, he has linked to the best ways to help make your New Year's resolutions succeed. So if your kids are going to do New Year's resolutions, you know, maybe you can help them, um, um be successful with those and you know i'm all i'm all for taking opportunities to help kids learn and grow even if it is kind of uh, uh formulaic and fungible um leverage that for for the good um so yeah all right the other thing that we would say is we hope that everybody who uh we hope everybody has a very restful and enjoyable holiday season. Um, and we really would appreciate it if you'd uh, go to the podcast catcher of your choice. Give us a five-star rating. Tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host. Head over to middleschoolmatters.com where you can pick up links to all of that stuff and, and that kind of thing. Um, and with that, this has been... Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guests 
and not indicative of any employer.